Lecture topic. Mischief of the Nafs. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-nadheen as-tafa. Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. قد أفلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم لا تكلني إلى نفسي طرفة عين أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم every single person who has any level of understanding any level of sanity he obviously wants to be successful nobody wants to be unsuccessful this is a standard thing every sane human being wants to be successful everybody's understanding of what is success may differ but the common factor is all want to be successful. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has described the path to success and at the same time highlighted what will lead to failure. So in the ayat of the Quran Sharif, in, after having taken numerous qasams, Allah Ta'ala is not in need of taking any qasam. Allah Ta'ala doesn't have to take a qasam to convince anybody of something. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam to highlight the importance of things. So after numerous qasams, وَالشَّمْسِ وَضُحَاهَا وَالْقَمَرِ إِذَا تَلَاهَا وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا جَلَّاهَا وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَخْشَاهَا Qasam on the sun, on the moon, on the day, on night, and the skies and heavens, the earth, how Allah Ta'ala spread forth this earth, and after all these various customs, Allah Ta'ala then comes to the point of وَنَفْسِ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Allah Ta'ala mentions the nafs the nafs that is in this insan and Allah Ta'ala speaks about this nafs that the path to success and failure all depends on what is how this nafs is handled so Allah Ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَ All the other theories of anyone and everyone, all one side, Allah Ta'ala's declaration. Allah Ta'ala's declaration is, the one who has purified this nafs has succeeded, full stop. And وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَ And the one who has polluted it, corrupted it, then he has failed, he is in a utter failure, Allah Ta'ala has spelled it out in one line for us, so to say, that this is the path that if a person wants success, it cannot happen in any other way. If he wants to be successful, then the direction and the path of success is only one, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ The one who has purified his nafs, he has attained success. وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ And apart from that, the one who has polluted it, one who has corrupted it, then there is no question and any doubt that can be with regards to the failure that will be met. 
it is clearly spelled out by Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala so this is it there is nothing beyond this as simple as it is but this is how though as simple as it is this is where the whole test and challenge lies because this nafs is a very very hidden enemy enemy which Nabi Kareem sallallahu has mentioned as being the worst enemy within us this is the worst enemy that we have which is hidden within us it is so dangerous that once upon a time there was no shaitan also in the heavens there was not yet still shaitan no way on in existence was any person by the name of Iblis there was a person by the name of Azazil who was a jinn and such a high caliber and position he had that he was appointed as the tutor of the angels Mu'allimul Malaika and a very very great abid and worshipper of Allah Ta'ala but then when the command of Allah Ta'ala came that makes sajda towards Adam Ali Salam so this Azazil at that time he decided to start debating with Allah Ta'ala خَلَقْتَنِي مِن نَارِهُ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِن تِينَ you've created me from fire you've created him from sand fire the nature of fire is it rises and the nature of sand is it goes down you throw it up so it will fall down why should I bow down to him it should be the other way around maybe so this debating with Allah Ta'ala and defying the clear command of Allah Ta'ala resulted in him now becoming shaitan becoming so proud and haughty and arrogant at that time there was no shaitan still to whisper he himself became shaitan it was his nafs that dropped him so badly this is how dangerous this nafs is that nafs is what made shaitan so shaitan is an eternal enemy shaitan will never ever become anybody's friend eternal enemy but what made shaitan into shaitan was his nafs that highlights how dangerous this nafs is and unfortunately despite this being so dangerous we are very very unmindful about his danger and generally it is taken very very lightly very casually but then the end result sometimes khasirat dunya wal akhirat dunya also and akhirat also everything gone because this nafs the nafs among the many many aspects of the nafs is that it will just chase behind pleasure just chase behind some pleasure of the other or the other whether it is pleasure of indulgence in some kind of haram activity it makes the person chase behind that chase behind zina chase behind drinking, drugging or whether it is chased behind some other pleasures that are from within the pleasure that a person gets out of some kind of position fame, recognition 
So now come what may, somehow this must be changed. I must be given that honor, that position, that recognition, that acknowledgement. And if this doesn't seem to come, then it's very problematic. So the nafs will keep chasing after some pleasure or the other, but it doesn't remain at one level. It chases after it first, then it becomes attached to that pleasure, then it becomes totally engrossed in it, and then it becomes a blinding love for it. To the point of that it blinds the person, completely covers his thinking and mind, and then it doesn't stop at any point. To the point that Allah forbid it will make a person barter his iman away also for some pleasure. So this is the danger of this nafs. And therefore Allah Ta'ala spells it out for us in the Quran Sharif because only this path of success is only this one line. The one who has purified this nafs, yes, now there's a whole process in this purification. This purification is not one button that will be pressed and is done. But this is the line, this is the path, this is the process. There's no other way. Person decides to do it any other way, then he'll be in the opposite. The only way is Qad Aflaha Man Zakkaha. Person wants to be successful, the path to success is only one the purification of the nafs. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes this nafs in three different ayat. The f- one ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Inna nafsa This is its very nature. That the nafs excessively incites towards evil. And this is such a dangerous level that can we imagine Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa who is masoom, who is sinless, who doesn't have any blemish whatsoever, who is, was the most pure creation of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. And to highlight this danger of the nafs, he is making dua. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa was pure, completely pure. But he's making dua, Allahumma la takilni ila nafsi tarfata ayn. Dua to teach us a lesson. He's making dua to Allah Ta'ala. Allah, don't leave me to my nafs, this nafs, nafs ammara bisu. This nafs that incites towards evil. The Kareem Sallallahu was on the highest level of nafsul mutma'inna. Where no angel could have reached. But he's making dua, ya Allah, don't ever let this happen that my nafs comes to the point of nafsi ammara bisu and even for one blink of an eye I am left at that level but as he was totally pure, totally sinless teaching us a lesson and we are generally on the level of nafsi ammara bisu illa mashallah, mashallah many people go beyond that but by and large we find ourselves still in that category the nafs which incites towards evil. Now that nafs is so dangerous that Nabi Karim Salaam is saying, Ya Allah, don't leave me at that point even for the blink of an eye. Because in that one moment, where to where this nafs can drop a person? There was a very great 
personality, Sahal bin Abdullah Tustari Rahimahullah. Very great person. The great muhaddisin and commentators of hadith, Hafiz ibn Hajar Rahimahullah, Allama Aini Rahimahullah, and all very great personalities, you'll find them quoting Sahal bin Abdullah Tustari Rahimahullah. Great mufassirin quoting him. So this highlights what caliber of person he was. So once he decided to go in jihad, and now jihad in the battlefield, there's no generally person goes out for some other work of deen also, he goes out in jamaat, he goes out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, goes to the khanqa to his sheikh, he goes in the madrasa to go and study, so he still got in his mind six years, okay seven years after that I'm coming back home. Allah knows best what life is left. But a person generally, he comes, goes with that mindset that after this period of time I'll be back. But when a person is going to the battlefield, doesn't know which way. Maybe I'll come back, maybe not. He's going with that in his mind already. Maybe I will come, maybe not. So now that becomes a very testing time. In any case, he made the intention to go out in jihad. And now he's thinking that how come, how come something is not right? Something is not right, what is not right? So how come the nafs didn't try to hold me back? Now we might have thought, supposing we made me in that situation, is I am already accomplished. I am way above. My nafs didn't even even whisper anything. That you you're just going out, you're just going to go into the battlefield, you worried about what's going to happen. Suddenly if you are martyred on the battlefield, your wife, your children what about your business and how things are going to Not one word of that too came in the heart, not one whisper, not one thought. Subhanallah, I am already past the seven heavens. But he suddenly stopped to think, but something is not right. How come? How come the nuts didn't try to hold me back? So now he decided to start thinking, he's pondering, meditating, he got into muraqaba. To think deeply, what is the position here? Why? Now why was this all the case? What makes a person think in this way? He's intending to go out in jihad and he's finding no resistance from within. Alhamdulillah, why should he be now concerned? He's not being tempted towards some haram, towards some sin. Why is he concerned? Because these people were aware of what is the reality of this nafs. That this nafs is such a treacherous thing and it is so devious that it will sometimes drop a person in the guise of deen. That a person will be outwardly doing something very good. But in the guise of deen, he will bring his collapse and bring his downfall. Make him now do some good work because now he's trying to keep away from haram, alhamdulillah. So he will push him towards some righteousness. Nafs will push him towards, Shaitan will push him towards righteousness. But then, then bring Riyah inside. Bring Ojib, vanity. I am somebody. So now he thought he's doing something good, but in the thinking of his that he's doing something good, with that Riyah and doing it for name and fame, and with that intention being corrupted, now he is doing a lot and doing nothing. Let alone doing nothing, he's going to be taken to task for this on the day of Tiamat. Now on the day of Qiyamah, when the books of deeds are open now, he's only seen sins. 
in place of where these big great amal were being performed but the sin of riya is somewhere the sin of pride is somewhere the sin of now ujb and vanity is somewhere and there is no reward for any of the amal so shaitan dropped him nafs dropped him in the guise of being by corrupting the intention by corrupting his motive and purpose now this was what was in their mind and generally when a person starts thinking he is progressing and he is progressing outwardly and he starts feeling content starts feeling happy with himself that is a sure sign of something is seriously wrong that is a sure sign of decline and when a person is afraid he is progressing and he is afraid will this even be accepted? will this be even accepted in the court of Allah Ta'ala? And as he's progressing, he's seeing more of his faults. He's becoming more conscious of his weaknesses. And this is the person who's progressing. The more he's afraid, the more he's becoming aware of his faults and weaknesses, then the more this person is progressing. But as soon as he starts feeling, I'm now moving forward, I'm well, I'm fine, I'm progressing, and he's feeling content, his fear is dropping, is a sign of decline. These people were very alert to all this. So therefore now he is pondering, he is meditating. That something is not right. What is the problem? So after having pondered a lot, he realized, okay, there is some mischief of the nafs in this. What is the mischief of the nafs? He was somebody very, very constant on Sawme Dawoodi, the fasting of Dawood Ali Salaam. In one hadith sharif, Nabi Karim Salaam described it as the best of fast. Is the fast of Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam. Kana yasumu yawman wa yuftiru yawman. That the Nafil fast, his method was one day he would fast and one day he would make iftar. And then one day fast and one day make iftar. And this would be his ongoing habit and pattern. And the Akareem Salaam described this as the best of Nafil fast. So now this was his ma'mool as well, his practice as well. Sahal bin Abdullah Tussarira. Every alternate day he was fasting. Now when a person goes in jihad, so now in jihad, in the battlefield, when now the battle is going to be on, it is makru to fast nafil. Makru. Because at that time that energy and strength is required for the battlefield. So now this occurred to him, this is the mischief of the nafs. That he doesn't want to fast anymore now. So now, what's the procedure now? How to come out of this? Okay, encourage him to go to jihad. Now in the battle, might rage for weeks, months, Allah knows how long. So now he'll get 50 from this fasting at least. Because now there's mujahada involved. So now this nafs wants to come out of the fasting, so then we'll go in jihad then. So now he addressed the nafs. Can we imagine this debate with the nafs? How many times have we debated with our nafs? But why really want to, you want to do this? You're saying you want to sort this out, but really what is your motive behind it? You're saying you want to teach this person a lesson, but really what lesson you want to teach him? You want to do this and that, but what's the motive behind it? Why you want to do this Amal? What's your motive? How often we ask ourselves this question? In any case, now that this came to his mind, so he addressed the nafs and said, look, you are going in jihad, and there's a level of karahat, it's makru to a point, but inshallah I am 
able to manage it. I am going to go in jihad and continue fasting. I am going to maintain the mamul every alternate day of fasting. So don't you think you are going to get away from it. Now again he renewed his intention. And he renewed his intention. Again he is finding, but how come? The nafs would still whisper something and bring some question in the mind. But how come? Wow, what, what are you going to do about this? What if you don't come back? Your family was going to go on with them. How come no resistance? He is worried about something else is amiss here. What's the problem? Again he goes into a lot of deep muraqaba. Then it comes to his heart and mind that the issue here at heart is that the nafs is now tired of something else. He used to keep aloof from this idle talk and people generally engaged in his work very very seldom associating with people. Whatever dini work was to be done was done and that's it. He would then be engaged in his ibadat. He would not be involved in idle talking and just socializing and so on. Because this leads to so many issues. Person can control certain things and certain things can't be controlled. One thing leads after to the other, then rebirth starts and what not happens. Then all kinds of obscene talk becomes the order of the day. One thing leads to another. So these people were very, very careful about all this. They said, no, no, something else is a must. But what now the nafs one, that this, this aspect now, that there's no association with people generally, no socializing. But now, when you're going to go out in jihad, you're going to be in the midst of people all the time. You're going to be in the middle of the army. You can't be making your own tartib and doing your own things. You're going to do what is now required at that time. Be part of the whole group. But this is what the nafs wants now. Nafs now saying, even when you go out in the battlefield also, but at least now you'll get to be with people. So he addressed his nafs that, see, I've understood your mistake. You're going in jihad, you're going to fast every alternate day, and I'm going to maintain, though with people, this lack of socializing, I'm still going to maintain what is done back at home. Now, after all this, he's still finding something is not right. Why is not right? Now he renewed his intention to go in jihad. Something is not the norm, meaning it's not how things normally would happen. There's still no resistance, something is not right. So now, how to find out what's this? Can we imagine this great kutub of the time, after a lot of thinking, pondering, nothing coming to mind, but he is sure there's some mischief of the nafs behind all this. Somewhere mixed up in it. The intention is very noble. The action is extremely great, but there might be some hidden mischief of shaitan here, of nafs here. So he goes into sajda. Imagine to what extent these people were conscious about guarding themselves from the mischief of the nafs. He goes into sajda and cries profusely to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, my nafs is trying to deceive me somewhere. What is the mischief of my nafs? Allah open it out to me. Did we ever think about checking also, just even a very casual glance, that something might be a miss about what I want to do, why I want to do it, my motive, is it fine, is it correct? This person of that caliber, 
He's now gone into sajda and is crying profusely to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, you open out. What is the mischief behind this nafs? Eventually, this dawns on his heart by means of kash or whatever. Allah Ta'ala opened out on his heart, inspired on his heart. The whole issue is that you are, you have suppressed this nafs so much that now from the time you wake up early in the morning, that your time. <coughs> and at that time now, the nafs wants to sleep and you are suppressing it. And then you perform lengthy rakats and the nafs is feeling tired but you say, no ways, you going to make the salah. And then from the morning you are now one thing after the other putting pressure on the nafs. So the nafs finally now decided, look, whatever it takes, if it means now going to the battlefield and getting martyred, that might be the better thing. That might be the better thing now that now forever chutti. So now this was the depth of that nafs. Nevertheless, he renewed the intention, I'm going to give my life for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure alone. And Allah Ta'ala give me the life to still wait jihad many, many times. But the point is that to what extent he went to try and save himself from the mischief of that nafs. Now this is that very, very deep thing, this hidden enemy. How it just deceives a person and how it deviates him, how it gets him involved in so many evils and then sometimes in the guise of goodness.